Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Glory to God. Well, here in this atmosphere of praise, I want us to go right into the Word tonight and At the end of our service, we will honor the Lord in the tithe and the offering. But right now, let's get right into what God has for us. Because when we sing about He is the God of victory, and we sing about He is full of glory, full of power, He wants us to know that about Him. He wants us to be confident in His ability He wants us to know that he can and he will help us. Amen? So as we look tonight at the word, I want to start by pointing us back to something that the Lord spoke to our pastor back in October of this year in preparation, I'm sorry, October of this previous year in preparation for this year. And it's found here on this card. We've made it available so that we can remind ourselves and pray in line with some of the things that God has given us advance notice of. And he's talking about this year, and he says that we need spiritual discernment so that we'll be able to see through the lies and deception that's going to be going on around us and be able to see the truth. How are we going to do that? We've got to be able to have spiritual discernment, which is spiritual ability to see and to know. And then it says it will be a, this year will be a time of confusion for many, but not for you. Amen. It's for these who are attempting to navigate by their physical senses and feelings, but that's not us. We're not navigating. We're not, we're not trying to drive our vehicle of life by what we see and feel in the natural arena. We are walking by faith. And then another thing that it says here in that the uh, third paragraph down, it says, it's talking about the peace of God will be necessary because of the ups and downs in the world, the political scene, the financial scene, rocking back and forth. And notice this, because they will insist on placing their trust in men and what men can produce. Is that, is that a good idea? Now, let's just remind ourselves what Jeremiah 17 says to us. What God's word to us in Jeremiah 17 reveals. It says in verse 5, Cursed is the man who trusts in man. Cursed is the people, the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his arm and whose heart departs from the Lord. So for us to trust in people, we are by default not trusting in God. If we put our trust in man, if we put our trust in people, by default we are not trusting in God. So to be trusting in God, who am I not trusting in? People. People. 
If I'm trusting in God, I'm not trusting in people. I'm showing you the, the, both sides of it. If I'm trusting in man, I'm not trusting in God. But if I'm trusting in God, I'm not trusting in people. Amen. Right? So he says the, the people, the person who puts their trust in what people can do, what people can do for them, what people can offer them, what, what leg up somebody can give them, what open door somebody can make happen for them, what deal somebody can give to them, what kind of security a person can give you. That person who is making, making flesh his strength or his arm, that person is by default not, not focused on the Lord. It says their heart is departing from the Lord. Why? Because they're trusting in another source. And you can't do both at the same time. You have to do one or the other. And then it says, that person will be like a scrub bush in the desert. Or let's say a tumbleweed. You know, tumbleweeds are real things. For a long time, I thought they were just part of the cartoon. You know, Bugs Bunny and Roadrunner cartoon, you would see the tumbleweeds. And I thought, that's just something in the cartoon. But they're for real. And there are, there are bushes that have dried up and disconnected from uh, the, their roots or their source or their stem. or their, 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 uh, And so they're just moved by the wind. But anyway, he says, this person will be like a scrub bush in the desert and shall not see when good comes. Why? Because they're dried up. They don't have any supply, any source of eternal supply. They will not see... When good comes, but they will inhabit the parched places in the wilderness in a salt land and not inhabited. Who is that? The person who's trusting in man. And that could include trusting in yourself. If you think, okay, I got this. I got to make this happen. I've got to do it all. I've got to be the one who, who fixes this. No, he wants us to trust in him. Verse 7 says, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. So you could say trusting in the Lord is making him my hope. He's the one I expect to help me. He's the one I expect to get me out. He's the one I expect to advise me. I'm looking to him. I'm relying on him. I'm trusting in him. I'm making the Lord my help. Blessed is that person. Well, this is we we so we see the category we we want to be in, right? Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is, for he shall be. Now we're going to describe you and I. You and I will be as a tree planted by the waters versus the the scrub bush the tumbleweed in the parched land that can't see when good comes, we are going to be like a tree planted by a full supply, a never-ending supply of water, a never-ending supply of strength. And we will not see when heat comes. So good can come to the person that's trusting in man, but because they're disconnected from the help of God, they won't see it. But heat can come all around us, and we won't feel it. We won't know it. We won't recognize it. We won't acknowledge it. Why? Because it's not affecting us. Because we have a supply that's not diminished by how hot it is outside. 
We have a supply that's not affected by how difficult the situation is. It's not difficult to him. It's not hard for God. So that's why we've got to keep our, our, we got to keep our, um, our bearings. You know what it means to keep your bearings? Don't, don't lose your way. Don't, don't forget which way's up. Don't forget where north is, right, and south, and you keep your bearings. Oh, wait, wait, wait. No matter what the situation is, God's the one I'm looking to. I'm not depending on me. I'm not depending on my job. I'm not depending on somebody else to make it right. I'm looking to God to make it right. We will be like a tree planted by the waters. We will not see when heat comes, but our leaf shall be green. No matter how hot it is, we're going to flourish. No matter how difficult it is, we're going to thrive. No matter what's going on in the financial world that around us, our finances are of a different kingdom, and we don't have to suffer lack because of a financial situation in the world. No matter what the gas price might end up being, we'll be able to pay it because we're like a tree planted by the rivers of living water. No matter what the price of the food goes up to, no matter what this costs, we're not going to suffer lack Our leaf shall be green because we have a never-ending supply of strength and wisdom and blessing. We will not be careful. The Amplified says we will not be anxious or full of care. We'll not be anxious or full of care in the year of drought. You know, most people in the natural would be a little bit concerned about the year of drought. But not you and I. Because why? We're not trusting in the supply of the world. We're not depending on man. Our trust is in the Lord and he can get it to us. If, he has, if we have to dig ditches and God fill the ditches with water, we know he can do it. If, we, if God has to cause water to come out of a rock, he's done it before. Amen? Amen? God can, God can move in our situation. He can help us. And so we will not be anxious or full of care in the year of drought, neither shall we cease from yielding fruit. Just because of what's going on around us, it's not going to affect what's coming through us. Amen. We're going to keep thriving. And how does that happen? We're going to trust in the Lord. Now, trusting in God, knowing that he can and knowing that he will, I just gave you my definition for trusting in God, knowing that he can and knowing that he will and depending on him to do it, to do what he can and what he will do. That trust is not something that you enter into in a day. You can make the decision to go in that direction, but it takes you a, a developing of a relationship, a, de, a strengthening of knowing who God is. You can't trust in somebody you don't know. That is not wise. <laughs> I, don't, I don't recommend it. Don't put your trust in somebody you don't know. So the more you know about him, guess what's going to happen? The more you're going to trust him. The more you know about him. And so that's what we want to do tonight. We want to know him so we can trust in him. So this scripture right here uh, in Jeremiah 17 gives us the understanding of how vital it is to our lives that we trust in the Lord. 
Now, this verse here uh, is what comes to my mind when I read what the Lord told us about 2024, is that the reason it's going to be up and down and people are going to be rocking back and forth is because they're placing their trust in the wrong, in the wrong area. They're placing their trust in men and what men can produce. So we've got to make sure that we start now establishing our trust in God. I know we do trust him, but I'm telling you, you can trust him more than you trust him tonight because you can know him more than you know him right now. You can know more about his ways. You can know more about, you remember what the Lord talked to me about? And he said, trusting in God, his ways and his word are safeguards. It's safeguards. So I want those bumpers on my life to keep me on track. They're safeguards. That's what a safeguard is. It, it helps you not get off track. It helps you not fall into a ditch. So with this safeguard of trusting in the Lord is something that we've got to give time and, and attention to in our lives. And then he says this, uh, many believers who focus on the natural will be caught up in this. In what? In putting their trust in men and what men can produce. Many people, so focusing on the natural is going to make that happen even for a person who's saved. So we're not going to focus on the natural. We're going to keep our eyes on him. So Isaiah 26, Isaiah 26 and verse 3 says, You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. Remember the focus that we just saw that the Lord warned us about for 2024. He said even believers, people who love God, are going to put their focus on the wrong thing, and they're going to get caught up in that rocking back and forth, but not us. Because why? Because we're going to put our focus and our trust on God and start working on that anchor. We're going to work on, and, on anchoring ourselves to the Word of God, anchoring ourselves to the faithfulness of God. So he says, keeping our mind stayed on God is, is what happens when we're trusting in Him. Because He trusts in me, His mind is stayed. So if I'm not trusting, guess where my mind is? Somewhere else. But because I'm trusting, my mind is stayed. So listen, that's a help. That's an indicator. I want indicators. Y'all listen. Listen. When you're, when you're driving in your car for six hours, you, you want to know how much fuel's left in the tank. You, you don't want to be taking a, a six-hour drive and not be able to tell. They say, well, the fuel gauge doesn't work. Right? Like, and, and none of these gauges work. Right? I don't know how fast I'm going. Especially if you're in Arkansas, because there's, there are state troopers on, in every little hideout. You want to know how fast you're going, right? You want to know how much fuel's in your tank. You want to be able to have those indicators on your dashboard that tell you what's happening in this vehicle. And you want these indicators in your life. If, you're, if you have your mind on the problem that's an indicator. That's a red light on your dashboard. If you keep rehearsing the problem and you, it's got you all upset and now you are, are 
you're, you're slamming things down on the, the, the counter. You're banging pots and pans. You just slam the door because you're trying to figure out how to pay that bill. You've been thinking about it all day. That bill's going on, and now you're aggravated. Somebody says, hey, how are you? I'm fine. Well, that, that indicator of my mind focused on that problem. I need to read the dashboard and say, wait a minute. My mind is on this problem. Guess what it's not on? It's not trusting in the Lord. Because if, if I'm trusting in the Lord, where's my mind? Stayed on him. That's what this verse says. His mind is stayed on the Lord. Why? Because he's trusting in the Lord. So we can say, well, I, I'm believing God. I'm trusting in the Lord. But then we spend four hours rehearsing that issue in our mind. Until we are farther away from the answer and the solution of what to do. Read the dashboard indicator and say, wait a minute. I've had my mind on that problem. I need to put my mind on the answer. My God shall supply. Or he gives wisdom liberally to those who walk, to, to those who ask. Hallelujah. Whatever the answer is for the situation, get your mind on the answer. Start rehearsing the answer. Start rehearsing the faithfulness of God. Start trusting in the Lord. And your mind can't be rehearsing that problem while you're trusting in the Lord. So this is what we want to do. We want to take our, our attention over to the light and give our attention to the light so we can see more light. If your attention is, is on the darkness, then it's going to, it, uh, I say the darkness. I'm talking about the problem, the issue, the worry, the anxiety. Remember, we will not be anxious or full of care in the year of drought. We won't be anxious. Why? Because if you're trusting, you won't be anxious. If you're trusting, you're going to be You're going to be calm. Hallelujah. So we want to let the word of God strengthen us about God's willingness and his ability. So let's, let's go to a couple of places that show us. I want to see specifically in these examples how God can and will change impossible situations. You think he can change impossible situations? He can and, and will he? Yes, he will. Let's look first at Mark 5. Let's see someone who had an impossible situation. Verse 25 and 26. Mark 5, 25. And a certain woman which had an issue of blood... 12 years, 12 years, that was a long time. And not only did she have this going on in her body, but she had suffered already many things of many physicians. So she had the issue and she had tried multiple times to get it fixed she had tried everything that was available to try. She had tried every treatment that they had made available. She had and suffered in their treatment. She had, she had spent uh, all that she had. So not only was she physically 
exhausted by this 12-year fountain of blood flowing out of her, but and not only was she physically tormented by all the different treatments that she had tried, but in doing so, she had spent her money too. So we've got physically, we've got emotionally, we've got financially. This woman is at the lowest of the low, and it doesn't seem like there's any way out. It doesn't seem like there's any hope for her. Do you think, do you think there was a temptation in her to give up hope? Do you think how many times that she had, had said there, it's not going to change, it's never going to be any different, how is this ever going to change? And then somebody said, well, you know, they've got this treatment over here and it helped so-and-so. And she said, well, let me scrape up a little bit more money. And she probably, it says she spent all that she had and yet it did not get any better instead. And it didn't stay the same. Instead, it got worse. So she's on the downhill slide and it seems like every time she tries to crawl up, she just keeps going down further. But when she heard of Jesus, when she heard of Jesus, she heard of Jesus. And and what happens when you hear? Faith comes by hearing. When she heard of Jesus, she came in the press behind and touched his garment, for she said, if I may may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. That's covenant talk. I shall be whole. That was a release of her faith. We have evidence of her faith because out of the abundance of the heart, what happens? The mouth speaks. We have evidence of what was in her heart. I will be whole. I will be whole. And what was her point of contact? That touch. If I can just touch, if I can touch, I don't care if it's his hand, his foot, his hair, his, his, even his clothes, even just his clothes. If I can just touch his clothes. I just, the touch is my point of contact. If I can just touch, I will be whole. Hallelujah. And guess what? She touched, and Jesus said, Daughter, your faith has made you whole. Faith made her whole. Faith accessed the power of God in Jesus, on Jesus, through Jesus. The power went out of him. He stopped and he said, Someone touched me. And they said, Everybody's touching you. He's, No, 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 you don't understand. Somebody touched me. Virtue, power has gone out of me. So her touch accessed power. Hallelujah. And that power healed her body. That power. And he said, daughter, your faith has made you whole. Go in peace and be whole of your plague. Hallelujah. So here was a hopeless situation that turned around in a moment. She, she, she snuck through the crowd. She, she pressed her way to Jesus. She, she's out there in violation of what the law said should have been because we know from tradition that she should not have been out in the condition that she was in. But she, she let all of that be what it was, and she went after her answer. She went 
into that situation with all of that same torment, all of that same exhaustion, all of that same physical, physical malady. But when she turned around and walked back to her house, she was a free woman. She was a healed woman. And Jesus said, go in peace. In other words, nothing missing, nothing. So I, I believe that means that she got it all back. Everything she spent, I believe she got it back. I believe the peace of God restored her to better than she was. So he said, go in peace and be made whole. And she went back different. In a moment, she was changed. Can Jesus change it in a moment? Can God turn it around for us in a moment? Isn't Psalm chapter 126, and it say, we were like them that dream when God turned the captivity, when God turned it around for us. It was like a dream. We wanted to pinch ourselves. We wanted to say, is this really happening to us? And did he really just bring us out? Hallelujah. God turned it around. John chapter 5, let's see another example. Can he turn it around in a day? Can he turn it around in an instant? We want to know that God can so that we always keep our trust in him. People might say, well, you're running out of time. I'm not running out of time. God's outside of time. He's not moved by time. I'm not under the duress of it has to happen by a certain day or a certain week or a certain hour. I'm not under the duress. He is able. He is able. He's not inside this time restraint. John chapter 5, and let's look at verse 5. It says, a certain man was there which had an infirmity 30 and 8 years. Ooh, the other example was 12 years, and I thought 12 years was long, but this man, 38 years. Some of y'all hadn't even been alive that long. There's people in this room that haven't even been alive that long. There's people here that that might be your lifespan now. 38 years, a lifetime a lifetime, 38 years, this man had been suffering with this infirmity. And when Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he said unto him, will you be made whole? Do you want it? Will you be made whole? Will you, will you, can you see yourself changed in a moment from now? Can you see it different in a moment from now? Will you be made whole? You know, somebody who's been that way 38 years, 38 years, they might have lost the inner image of what that might look like. They may have lost any hope of that ever happening. So, so Jesus had to get with his will. Will you be changed? Will you be made whole? And the man answered with an excuse. Sir, I don't have anybody who's able to put me in. You know, he was at the pool of Bethesda, and at the pool of Bethesda, it was known that at a certain time, randomly, they didn't know when to expect it. At any, it could happen in, in, in any time, so they had to be ready. But an angel would come down. God is so full of goodness. God wants us healed so, so much that he made this available for this this angel to come down and touch the water and the first person who could get in the water after the angel touched it, that person would be healed. And so there were these people camped out around this little pool of water and they were watching for the water to be troubled. They were watching. But this man, he was there. He was in the vicinity of miracle power. He was in the, in the region 
but he didn't have access to the water quick enough, and somebody always got there before him. He didn't have any help to get in the water. He was, he was infirm. He was unable to move to get himself in there. Because again, you see him, that how many people has he watched? He's seen the water move. He's seen that the angel has touched the water, and the water is, is shaking. It's tremoring, and he starts clawing his way, trying to pull himself across the ground to get in his pool. And somebody else gets in there before him. Somebody else that has a little bit more ability, a little bit more access, they, they jump in the pool. And Jesus said, Jesus wasn't saying, hey, do you want me to help you get in the water? That's not what Jesus was saying. Jesus was offering him to bypass the water. Bypass the waiting for an angel. No more waiting. Will you be made whole? Will you be, like the question we answered this morning, do you believe that I can do this? He asked those two blind men. Do you believe I am able to do this? He's saying, will you be made whole? And the man said, I don't have anybody to help me get in the water. And that's, Jesus, that's not what I said. I didn't ask you, do you need help to get in the water? I said, do you, will you be made whole? And he said, rise Take up your bed and walk. There was power in that command. The power to rise up was in the command, rise up. The power to take up his bed was in the instruction, take up your bed. The power to walk was in the words of the master, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made whole. 38 years changed immediately. In a moment it changed. In a moment, it changed. With one word, it changed. With one word, it changed. It didn't take him weeks to build his legs up to be able to hold his body weight. It didn't take him therapy and, 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 and praise God for those things. If somebody has that walks through that path, I'm not saying that that's, but I'm telling you that God turned it around for this man in a moment immediately we need to know our heavenly father is a god of the immediately he can do things that you may have thought it's not going to change it's never going to change it's never going to turn around i've been walking this way dealing with this looking at this hearing about this all this time it's the same old same old it's the same old thing they're never going to change it's never going to turn these finances are never going to come up and you got to know that God can do it in a moment if you'll just believe him will you be changed will you be made whole he can make it happen right now Amen. not one more night with the frogs we don't have to spend one more night with the frogs he said, Moses came to the Pharaoh and said, do you want me to get rid of the frogs? He said, tomorrow. Tomorrow. Why tomorrow? Why not tonight? Why not we get rid of these frogs now? Why tomorrow? Why? If our God, can we trust him that he's able to do it immediately? Amen. Hallelujah. John 9, verse 1. We've got to know that he can. And Jesus passed by. He saw a man which was blind from his birth. Blind from his birth. Never, never had he seen. Never, never had he experienced what it was like to see a sunrise or a sunset. 
Never had he experienced what it was like to see rain or to see, to see a smile or to see a sparkle in someone's eye. He had been blind from his birth, and the disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And Jesus answered, Neither has this man sinned nor his parents. There's a curse in the earth, right? He said, the work, But that the works of God should be made manifest in him. Now, Jesus isn't saying he was born blind so God could get the glory. That's not what Jesus said. Jesus said, this man didn't sin, his parents didn't sin, but God's going to get the glory for turning this around. Why? Because he came how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed with what? By the devil. When he healed that woman who had been uh, bound and bent over, he said, ought not this daughter of Abraham who has been bound by Satan? So he said her sickness was Satan holding her in captivity through that sickness, holding her back in life through that sickness. So Jesus heals all that are oppressed of the enemy. How does the enemy oppress people? Through the curse that's in the earth. Through, through a lack of knowledge. Hallelujah. But God's going to work works in him. The works of God are going to be manifest in this man. And he said, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is today that night comes when no man can work. As long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had thus spoken, he spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay and said to him, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is by interpretation sent. He went his way, therefore, and washed. He'd never seen. He was blind from his birth, but he washed and came seeing. Because our heavenly Father can change things in a moment. He can change things in a moment. That we, we got to know him that way. If we think, well, it's going to take him years. See, the more you know him, the easier it is to trust him. Amen. And the more you're going to trust him. If you think that about him, you don't know who he really is. Because this just revealed who he really is. He is the God who can change it in a moment. That he can change it in a moment. Luke chapter 1 and verse 37. We're going to let the word lift us up to the level that we should be walking at. We can't walk at the level we need to walk out without the word. But the word will lift us up in our understanding. It will lift us up in our spiritual strength. It will lift us up to that level of believing, that level of expectation, that level of, of perception where we can see Verse 37 of chapter 1 of the book of Luke says, With God, with God, is he with you? Are you with him? Amen. With God, no thing, nothing, no thing, nothing shall be impossible. With God, 
nothing shall be impossible. Now, this is not referring to God's character traits. For instance, we know from Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 18 that God cannot lie. So it, it is impossible for God to lie. He cannot lie. We're not talking about, about a character trait. That's Knowing that God can't lie gives us even a greater trust in him. I'm trusting the one who can't lie. It's not talking about the character trait of he cannot deny himself. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 13. He can't deny himself. He's faithful. And he's going to be faithful. Even if we don't hold the line. Even if we don't, don't stay true to what he's called us to do. And, and we will. But even if, even if people don't, he stays faithful to what he promised. He's faithful. And he can't deny his, himself. He can't deny his right. His righteousness, his justness. He can't deny himself. And that's why he established our salvation, although it caused him to have to offer his only begotten son. It caused him to have to, to go the long way around to redeem us because he's faithful and just and he wouldn't just violate the, co the covenant he had established with man that man had entered in, had, had violated when he entered into obedience to Satan's words. God won't deny himself. He can't deny himself. He can't lie. So this phrase in Luke 137, with God, nothing shall be impossible, is talking about there is nothing God does not have the strength to do. You can't find the thing that God says, mm, I can't lift that. I can't bench press that one. I, I, can't, I can't move that one. If, if no matter how big it is, no matter how hard it is, no matter how heavy it is, his strength is never lacking. There is nothing God does not have the strength to do. There is nothing God does not obtain the power to do. There is nothing God does not have the ability to accomplish. He can accomplish it, whatever it may be. He can do that. He can build it. He can provide it. He can create it. He can, he can accomplish whatever needs to be accomplished. There is nothing that you're going to come up and say, oh, God can't accomplish that. He can't make that happen. There is no area where God is weak. None. There's no weakness in him. There's no shadow of turning. He doesn't have bad hair days, right? He's the same. He's, he's solid. He's steadfast. He's established. He's trustworthy. Amen? There's no area where God is weak. You're not going to find a weakness in him. With God, nothing shall be impossible. So we need to, I, want, I want to show you some questions, and I want you to rehearse the answer to them. Let's look first at Genesis 18.4. Genesis 18.4. We, we, we want to go ahead and answer these questions. Because we know with God, nothing is impossible. Genesis 18 and verse 14. Did I say 4? I meant 14. Is anything too hard for the Lord? 
Good answer. Good answer. Say, is anything too hard for the Lord? We just, Luke told us in 137, there's nothing. With God, nothing is impossible. So is anything too hard for the Lord? No. Say it out loud. No. Is anything too hard for the Lord? No. Numbers 11, 23. Numbers 11, 23. I'm, I'm helping us come up in our trust of God because we've been told that this year people are going to be rocking back and forth. But I love you and God loves us. And he has given us advance notice that we don't have to be shook. We don't have to be moved. We don't have to be rocked back and forth. We don't have to have any change or any fluctuation in our finances, in the, the good uh, well-being of our family. We don't have to have any sleepless nights. We don't have to have any wasted days and wasted nights Freddie Fender used to sing about. We are established. We're trusting in the Lord. We shall not be moved. We're like the tree planted by the rivers of living water. We will not see when the heat comes. We will not be anxious in a year of drought. We will be steadfast because we trust in the one who's steadfast. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? No. Numbers eleven twenty three. Is the Lord's hand waxed short? No. Is, is there anything he can't reach? Is there anything out beyond his reach? Is there anything he says, I can't get to that. I can't fix that for you. I can't reach that. I can't help you there. No, no. There's no place in my life where God's hand is too short to reach it. Where it's outside of his reach in my life. No, no, no. Hallelujah. I want to know this up front. I'm going to enter into this year knowing what I know about God, established in what I know about God, strengthened in what I know about God. There's nothing too hard for God. There's no place in my life where his hand is too short to help me, too short to reach into my situation. Hallelujah. The Amplified says, has the Lord's hand. His ability and, and power become short, thwarted, and inadequate? No. No. His hand, has, his ability and his power hasn't become inadequate. No. We need to sing about his power. We need to worship him for his power. He is all-powerful. We need to remind our situation, the God I serve, my heavenly Father, I'm the child of the Most High God, and all power and all might is in His hands. Hallelujah. That's who we serve. Isaiah 59.1. It's a declaration. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save. You know what save means? Save means to rescue, to heal, to liberate, to make whole. If the Lord's hand is, is not shortened that it cannot save. It can reach into any situation and rescue me. It can reach into situation and liberate me. It can reach into any area of my life and bring wholeness into my life. His ear is not heavy that it cannot hear. He hears me. You need to know it. You need to remind yourself, God hears me. 
there's not a, a sound that comes out of my mouth that God's ears are not tuned into me. He has tattooed, uh, he has imprinted me in his hands. He knows the hairs that I brushed out of my head this morning, the numbers of them. He's intimately acquainted with me. He's my heavenly father, my ever-present help in time of trouble. He's my shield and my great re re recompense and reward. Hallelujah. The Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save. His ear is not heavy that it cannot hear. Ephesians 3.20 in the Amplified Bible. It's one of our favorites anyway, right? Ephesians 3.20, now unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly. Let's read it from the Amplified. Now to him, by, in consequence of the action of his power that is at work within us, he is able to carry out his purpose and do superabundantly, far over and above all, far over and above all, far over, far over and above all. Come on, go ahead and bring it all the way up there. Far over and above all, super abundantly. All that we dare ask or think, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, and dreams. He's able to. We've got to trust in God's ability. We cannot let the voices of the world around us who have no understanding of who our God is, who our Heavenly Father is, we cannot let their despair get in our ears and change our perception of what we're going through. They may be going through it, but they need to see you trust in God. They're going to, be, they're going to know God by watching how you walk with Him. We don't know him by how they are forlorn and destitute. We know him. And because we know him, we know his ways. Because we know him, we know what he's capable of. He's capable of turning it around in a moment. He's capable of taking a person who'd been addicted to drugs for, for over 10 years of her life and in one moment setting her free and, and, and in a whole nother way of life. He's capable of turning it around in a moment. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. We know what he can do. We know what he can do. So sometimes it's not the question of what he can do, but will he do it for me? Will he do it for me? Is he willing to help me? Hallelujah. Jesus said, if you have seen me, you've seen the Father in John chapter 14. He said, he that has seen me has seen the Father. His willingness was displaying through Jesus Christ what he was willing to do to help people. Acts chapter 10, I quoted it, but let's go over and look at it. Acts chapter 10 and verse 38. Hallelujah for your goodness, Lord. I am trusting in the Lord with all my heart. And I will not lean toward my own understanding. Acts 10, 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. 
who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. So everything we see Jesus do, God was with him. He was doing it as an expression of what God wanted done in that situation. Every healing, God wanted it. God wants us well. He wants us free. He wants us whole. He wants us stable. Hallelujah. He wants it. He wants it. And one of my favorite expressions is found in Luke chapter 8 and verse 2 and 3. Because there was a man who had this problem. He came to Jesus, this leper, and he knew that Jesus could. But he wasn't sure if Jesus would. And that's where a lot of people miss it. They, they know, well, God can. But then they look at their failures. And they look at areas that they haven't been perfect. And they look and they say, well, I'm not the best Christian in the world. And, and so they, they disqualify themselves before God even has an opportunity. God hasn't disqualified them, but they've disqualified themselves. And they say, well, I know that God can, but I don't know that he wants to do it for me because they're looking at their, their record to see if his goodness will, will come to them or not. But have mercy. Glory to God. Can you search in your Bible app? Because I'm going to assume if I can't find it right here, I don't want to look for it, but let me. No, it was the man, the leper who came to Jesus and said, I know you can if you will. Matthew 8. I said Luke 8. Thank you very much. Well, I've written down Luke 8, so I'll need to fix my notes so I don't do that again. Matthew 8, verse 2. Thank you, Lord, for Bible apps, right? And something quick on the... Okay. Behold, there came a leper and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you will, you can. So he has... What we've already discussed, we know God can. We know God can, but now we need to answer this question. Will you? If you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will. Now, I want to read this to you from the Kenneth E. Wiest New Testament expanded translation. It says, Lord, if you have a heartfelt desire and... Jesus answered, I am desiring it with all my heart. When he said, I know you can, if you will, if you have that heartfelt desire. And Jesus said, I am desiring it with all my heart. And I tell you, he, he never changes. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He hasn't changed. 
He still desires it with all of his heart. He desires to help you with all of his heart. He desires to bless you with all of his heart. His willingness is not withheld from you. He wants to do for you on your behalf all of the goodness of God. Hallelujah. He will. Not only can he, but he will. So what do we need to do to prepare ourselves? We need, to, we need to develop a trust in God's goodness towards us. We need to know God will. You will. So I'm going to give you some verses, okay? James chapter 1, verse 5. James chapter 1, verse 5. I'm going to read this one from a few different translations. The King James says, If any of you lack wisdom... Let him ask of God that gives to all men liberally. Now, we just, I want you to see this description. God who gives to all men liberally. He doesn't give scarcely. He doesn't give just a little bit. He gives liberally. The New Living Translation says, If you need wisdom, ask our generous God. Ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. Ask our generous God. The NIV 84 says, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault. God who gives generously to all. And the Amplified says, my favorite description of God it says, let him ask of the giving God. Yeah. That's, who, that's my father. That's my father right there, the giving God. Amen. The giving God who gives to everyone liberally and ungrudgingly. Amen. My father, the giving God. Yes. He's so giving. Yes, he Hallelujah. So we need to develop this trust in his generosity. And the other verse I want to give you is Psalm 31, 19. And we'll... we'll Find a close here and honor the Lord in our tithe and our offering. Uh, Psalm 31, 19. Oh, how great is your goodness, which you have laid up for those who, and I'm reading the Amplified, fear, revere, and worship you. Goodness which you have wrought. Who is this goodness for? For those you have wrought for those who trust. Oh, there's special goodness for us who are trusting in him. How great is your goodness that you have wrought for those who trust and take refuge in you. Hallelujah. That goodness is for us. We trust in him. Hallelujah. That goodness is for us. Do you see the benefits of trust? There's no way to get that goodness without this trust. That trust is special. I mean, that goodness is special for those in the trust line, in the trust category. Those people who are not trusting, they don't get this goodness. It's special, set aside. He's worked it special for those who trust him. Hallelujah. That's you and I. As we prepare to honor the Lord in our tithe and our offering tonight, worshiping the Lord.